shorthanded goals Carolina scored. They've also given up six shorthanded goals, which is the most in the league. And here's a chance here for Coleman. Right on cue. Coleman scores! Make it seven shorties against Carolina. And the Flames up 3-2. Takes right to McKinnon. He'll race in. Down to McKinnon back in. He scores! And ahead, Juleson trying to keep it in, and he does. Here's Garland in front for Bluger. He beats, he scores. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. Friday, that means the weekend is here, so let's tear up the old pea patch clicker into Schnell and make a fast break to the 11 o'clock hour. Saul, 68 for December the 8th, minus 9 right now in Edmonton. Good morning. Welcome to the Kevin Carey Show. Thanks for tuning in. A high of minus 3 today, and if I can read the card correctly, a high of 7 degrees for Sunday? That's out of this world, man. And... If Environment Canada is correct, a high of plus 10 for Wednesday, that is out of sight, man. Uh, Let's welcome in our Friday co-host on uh, the Kevin Carey Show every Friday from 7 to 9, Eddie Steele, brought to you by Bon Ton Bakery uh, for your daily bread. To a celebration cake, Bonton has that and everything in between. For all your baked good needs, order online at Bonton. .ca, an Edmonton fan favorite since it opened in 1956. Good morning, Eddie. Good morning, KK. How's your week oh, been? Oh, it's been, it's been great. I mean, if those temperatures are correct, that's just bizarro world. Plus 10 for next Wednesday? Tee him up. Well, here's what you, I mean, we had a hole-in-one on Wednesday at Terra Pines. Uh, Mark sent a picture and a text in from the guy that, that nice. aced at Terrapines. And we had him on, and we were talking, and he said, how would you describe um, early December conditions? <laughs> I don't think he kind of knew where I was going with it, but how would you describe early December conditions at Terrapines? And, oh, they're very good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're out there. That's all that matters. So, I mean, people will still be teeing it up, you know, if it's seven degrees on Sunday and... I mean, as long as there's no snow or little snow. Call, what's the, call what's, me crazy, Kevin, yeah. but, uh, you know, I want a little bit of snow. I'm itching ah, to get out sledding with yeah. the kids, man. I agree. I think everyone's kind of waiting for it as well. But can we have the best of both worlds for a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Take this for a couple more days, but I, I want a white Christmas for sure. I think everybody wants that too. And I think we, we we still got a number of days in between. So I think we'll get that, but... Doesn't hurt to have a little plus seven, plus ten in the in the no, middle. It doesn't. You're right. You're right. Um, you know, since you've been coming on for three months, most of the time for the first two months, anyway, I, it was almost like fearless Fridays or fearsome Fridays because it seemed the Oilers always played Thursday nights. They lost in San Jose on a Thursday night, and then we come in here on Friday morning and like the you know all hell's breaking loose. Oh, well, it's funny because you know? I uh, I got a fresh shave this morning and that was that San Jose loss. <laughs> Sorry, Jason Gregor, but that was the the loss that broke the uh, the camel's back. While we're on this subject, 
Where do you stand on this Gregor deal? Oh, it's it's, it's garbage. A joke. It's, it's garbage. garbage. It's there garbage. I don't know you, where Eddie. this has come from. Thank uh, you. I heard seven months. All of a sudden, yeah. out of nowhere, it's become three months because yeah. of a five-game win streak. No, man. Let's stick to it, Gregs. Mm-hmm. Stick to it. Grow that thing. I said, I'll let him off the hook on this. Go for three months. So after, what are we looking at, December, February February the 9th, I believe it would have been. At, the, at that point, if the Oilers were to get to attain, to to accrue a five-game winning streak, then I'll give that one to you. At that point. At that point, mm. after that. that's I like that. I like that. Give but, me that one. But now he's all of a sudden yeah. off the hook in February? Uh-uh. Not a sniff. Uh-uh. Yeah. And, and there should be a, a, a limit per week, how many, how many hats he can wear, yes. how many days a week he can wear a hat. We should That thing should be exposed a little more. I agree. Uh, so you had a fresh shave this morning. Fresh shave this morning. What do you like? What do you mean? Like you just are you in the shower? Oh just... yeah, man, in the shower with the bic. Get so that thing smooth. Some guys have that curve thing on their hand. Do you, do you have that? Thing? No, no, no. I'm old school, man. I'm old school. Just with the the uh, the Fusion Five. <laughs> <laughs> I'll 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 shave my face. I haven't had a. Well, shave you got for, you got uh, a beautiful head of hair. Oh, you do. Thank that, the you, TV yeah. man. You thank got you, TV. Yeah. You're built for it. You know. I, I blame my hair loss on the football helmet. That, that's you know. part of it, you know? 17 years of my life wearing a helmet. Mm-hmm. I, I'll chalk some of that up to it, but who's kidding who? I was going at 20-something. Were you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. That's just the way it goes, I guess. Yeah, I it's mean, life, man. That's life. It, so, it's inevitable for some uh, of us. My dad was balder. Um, but they say it goes off your mother's dad. Your mother's, side. and I—I I look. I'm a spitting image uh, of him. Is that right? I really am. Yeah, it's. I'm the black version of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's white. <laughs> and so he—he he was bald early yeah. on. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's amazing. Same jaw, facial features, yeah. hairline, everything. Handsome man. Handsome huh? Just a devil. handsome Just man. Just a handsome devil. <laughs> uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. The Stair Farmer checks in with a daily roll call. Good morning, boys. Go Oilers. Uh, go. So the Oilers take on the Minnesota Wild tonight. Oilers come in 10, 12, and 1, creeping closer to the 500 mark. Minnesota played in Vancouver last night, lost 2 0 to the Canucks. Casey DeSmith had 26 saves uh, for the shutout for the Canucks. Uh, that's the first loss under the new head coach, John Hines. So, I mean, this is three games and four nights for Minnesota. You never want to take that into total account, but it does favor the Oilers. Big time. It's, it's a simple fact. Now, the key here is to not let that take over too much of your game preparation and go, these guys are three and four, back to back, longer trip from Vancouver, time change, yada, yada. But just worry about your own prepar- preparation and execution. Yeah, you can't be thinking these guys are going to be coming in tired and let's kind of take them lightly, take them for granted. Mm-hmm. You got to come up, show up, and uh, this is a game where you got to put your foot on their throat early and end it early, and then you can have some fun with them later on in the game, but show up and end it fast. This is one of those types of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, big weekend around town, and one of the bigger events is the Big Air. Uh, so, you know, you hung your hat at Commonwealth many times, and to see the transformation of when they put this ramp in for the borders that are coming in for the uh, FIS Big Air, and that's uh, this weekend. It's quite remarkable. I mean, have you ever done anything 
I guess extreme, like uh, the the craziest thing that you've done athletically or whatever on a dare or something like that. I mean, maybe it might be as simple as going down. Let's go down this black diamond run or something like that. You know what I mean? Is there anything that comes top of mind to you that you did in your past and growing up? And I'm thinking mm. like, you know, years ago, years ago when I uh, was working in Calgary, they had a little segment called it was, you know, dare, dare carious kind of thing. I went skydiving. Ooh. Uh, and I'll never do it again. No? Oh, God, no. It's the most... Was it terrifying? Terrifying. And I you, have the, you had uh, It's a tandem. It was a yeah. tandem. So, I mean, you didn't have to go... I mean, when you go by yourself, you do several tandems. And, I mean, they're not going to let you go out by yourself or anything. No, 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 no. But it was a tandem, and it was 13,000 feet. So it was a 45-second free fall. Good for you. Yeah, but I would never, it's, ever it's do it again. It's checked off. No, in terms oh. of me, honestly, I haven't done anything too crazy. I grew up doing snowboarding yeah. and skateboard, all the typicals. But, um, you know, probably, and this is just going to sound like a, a bland answer, but I played pro football for <laughs> almost a decade, and that's that's pretty darn extreme when yeah. you look at the physicality and just Fair. how insane the game actually is. I look, I, now that I'm five years retired, I, I reflect back on the career. I think, oh my goodness, especially when I watch games, mm -hmm. I can't believe I did this for a living because yeah. it is so fast and so physical. When you're in it, you don't realize, but when you're out of it, it's it's insane. So we will have some guests from Big Air as that gets underway this weekend in Edmonton. And on the subject of that, we'll also talk to Shereen Williams from Pro Football. And you were listening to her. She came on, I believe it was Halloween Day. It was because uh, I remember it was uh, it was a Tuesday. It was the thirty first, and you texted me right off the hopping. Holy moly! This this woman knows a lot and about she was football. On her game. It yeah. was it was pretty impressive. And she does. You can tell right off the hop. Well, I, I, and then you do your research on her, isn't she? Uh, if I stand corrected, the yep. first woman to uh, have a vote in the for the uh, Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. Yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, impressive. she's very uh, well received, very high up when it comes to, um, you know, what people think about her football knowledge. How's that sound? You know, I have and, a list that I want to ask. Oh, well, that's <laughs> going to be great. So that's going to be coming up at uh, at seven forty. So the NFL Thursday night game. Everyone had zero expectations of this game between Pittsburgh and New England. The Patriots went to twenty one eighteen. Let me ask you this: So Pittsburgh. Five days ago, I guess, was uh, seven and three. Sorry, seven and four. Sunday morning, seven and four. They they go in on Sunday morning. They're seven and four. Five days later, they're seven and six after losses to the Cardinals and now the Patriots. If there were anyone besides Mike Tomlin, if you were a coach, anyone besides Mike Tomlin, would you be packing up your gear right now? No, because they're still in the playoff spot. They're not in a playoff spot, but in the mix, I should say. Okay. And, yeah, you can't just fire a coach when you're still in the playoff mix. Especially, okay, let's take Mike Tomlin out of the scenario. Say they had the same record with the same roster. Well, they're overachieving, I would say. So would you fire a coach if you have a team that is overachieving and punching above their weight class? What I saw last night wasn't Pittsburgh Steeler football, and we didn't see it again against the Cardinals. That's what I'm saying that I'm not saying uh, and I, let, we all know from Chuck Knoll to Bill Coward to Mike Tomlin, you have 50 years of coaching in Pittsburgh. Yeah. But why uh, w w something's lost here. There's something going on where the message isn't getting through anymore. 
Well, strong defensive play still, other than the beginning when uh, Bailey zapped the quarterback there. He he was going off. But uh, honestly, Kevin, and you can say this with any team that is somewhat, you know, just struggling to keep their head above water in CFL or NFL, comes down to quarterback play. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to have some quality quarterback play. You don't have to have a superstar. You don't, not every team needs CJ Stroud because there's not enough CJ Strouds out there for every team. Mm -hmm. But you just need need a guy who can get you 60% completions, you know, who can get you a couple of touchdowns and more importantly, can just facilitate the offense. You look at in San Francisco, what he's doing out there, Brock um, Purdy, Brock Purdy, yep. uh, just a facilitator. You don't have to be a superstar. Just get the ball into your playmakers hands. Every team has playmakers. Just got to script it up properly. I guess what I'm saying is that I didn't see Pittsburgh Steeler football last night. I didn't see that, you know, especially when they they marched down the field, the Pats, and score an opening drive touchdown. No, I know no, what you I, mean. I didn't see that. And I mean, I know T.J. Watt, too. I know T.J. Watt went down, and then everyone's, oh, you know, there's concern for one of the best players in the game. Didn't see that. I didn't see the steel curtain. I, I, I agree. I, and that was at home, too, yeah. right? In front of your home crowd early in the game. You don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. But, again, with that being said, they got 21 fairly early, and that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they did shut the door down. It's not like they let it get away from them. And the end score was 21-18. So yep. it was a game late in the game. Quarterback play. That's where you're going to have success. we got lots to f- talk about football. Again, we'll have Shereen Williams. That's coming up at 740. Uh, we've got some open time at 720, and we'll touch on Scott Milanovic. And we were going to try to get Scott on today with you. Couldn't make it happen, so he's coming on Monday. Okay. So we wanted to have him on with you, but yeah, uh, that would have been nice. I'll, it, be, I'll be listening. Yeah, his schedule just it just didn't work out. So, uh, of course, the Oilers in action tonight, uh, looking to make it six straight on a five game run right now. The power plays still very very good. It's ranked uh, sixth in the league. Penalty kill in the last uh, five six seven games has been phenomenal. Uh, right now, just climbing and climbing, but it's been very very good. The biggest story last night, I think, in the NHL would be the L.A. Kings. So the Kings beat Montreal 4-0. That's 11 straight road wins. That's an NHL record now. Absolutely remarkable run that the Kings are on. Duke will, he'll go back into the archives. The Duke will tell you, even before all of this was going down, I I said that L.A.'s number one. I have them number one in the power rankings. I had them ahead of Boston. I had them ahead of the Rangers. This is way before... If they can figure things out a little bit at home here, holy smokes! But what what would you say when you when you got a team being a former player? Did you ever have a run like that on the road? Like when you were you know going away from home and I know hockey and football way different. But, it, yeah, but like maybe you strung two or three together and you went, hey guys, let's make it four. You know what I mean? Well, yeah the the most similar type of run that I can think of is we went on a 10 game win streak to finish the year off to win the great cup. So obviously there's a lot of uh, away games sprinkled in there. Um, The biggest thing is you just get that confidence much like what we're seeing with the Oilers, Mm -hmm. right? Confidence is a huge thing. And then the momentum gets going. The game just shows up for you. You don't go chasing it. You just, you get to the arena, you're loose and your game just comes to Mm -hmm. you. And it's not something that you're fighting. Uh, And literally we're witnessing that with the Oilers as we speak. Uh, Oilers on this five game run, uh, 5.2 goals for uh, 1.6 goals against. So you can see the discrepancy there. And again, 
uh, we touched on it yesterday that one of the biggest things that I look at in stats is finally the Oilers came back where they are zero. They're even, Steven, in goal differential. You know, so like L.A. is way up there in goal differential. Vegas is way up there in goal differential. You know, Colorado's up there. Uh, Vancouver's up there as well. So it's a big stat for me because as soon as you're up plus one in the goal differential, well, that means you got to win. It's it is a big stat. It's just unfortunate. You look at their record. I don't want to be a, a ah, negative Nelly, yeah, yeah. you know. Despite the success that they're having right now, there's there's just still a lot of work ahead of them, without question. And the one thing that I did mention, I think, in our bro- uh, time when you're co-hosting, is that don't look to where St. Louis and Arizona. Arizona lost last night. Finally, <laughs> I mean, yeah. they were playing well, Coyotes. So don't look at those teams that are you know in the one and two hole in the wild card. Look at the team in front of you. Now, that team in front of you right now just happens to be the Minnesota Wild. So the Minnesota Wild, one point ahead of you. Go after the Wild tonight. Again, make a statement. You, you saw what the Oilers did early against Carolina. Make that statement early. The team on a three out of four playing uh, and back-to-back will lose interest. It's going, ah, let's just get on to wherever we're going next and things like that. So yep. look at the team in front of you. That's, I think, if you, and I think you'd agree, Eddie, that's goal-setting 101. Don't look at... And as bad as it may sound, when you when you come in and go cup or bust, well, already when you when you've said that, your mind is already thinking to June. It's not thinking to and I've been guilty October. of it. Man. Yeah, I've it's been just guilty the way it of it. Is. That's it's exactly human, it. It's human nature, I guess. It, exactly. it is. And you have to be present, be where your feet are day by day. As cliche as it sounds, you can't be thinking in uh, the first day of training camp, Grey Cup. Of course, that's a long term objective. But how do you get there? Mm-hmm. Day by day. So this is Feel Good Friday as well, and Playlist Friday. You got a tune for the Duke that you want? Yeah, I'll have some yeah. queued up for him. And our listeners, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Duke, how'd you make out on uh, Thursday night football at the CBH? Were you pleasantly surprised? I certainly was pleasantly pleasantly surprised, Kevin. Uh, uh-huh. The over hit in the first half, and then I <laughs> thought that there would not be any more points scored the rest of the game. There was a very good uh, stretch where that was a possibility. The uh, They make it a little bit closer at the end, but um, yeah, disappointing for the Steelers. You guys touched on it all really well uh, earlier, and it was a pleasant surprise that uh, not only did Connor Halley make the trek over and join me for a, a brief period of the game, but uh, but my sister actually came wow. up from Leduc. Uh, didn't even tell me. She just showed up, and uh, her and her boyfriend came and joined me for a bite to eat, a couple drinks, and uh, checking out the game. So that big, was uh, big that surprise. Was, that was great. Except, um, like I said, I told you yesterday, I was going to be making a a bet in solidarity with you and trying to get your <laughs> fantasy team a win. And Pat Fryermuth did not. No. Just, uh, I had some overs. got a good pi. I had some over. Yeah, exactly. I had some overs on his uh, yeah. yardages and uh, reception totals. Neither of which hit. So, so even on that, I can't. It was at the second last drive or the last drive before they had to punt the ball and whatever. But he had one over the middle, went right through his hands. Mm-hmm. Was that second last? So it's, I well, think so. Let's yeah, call yeah. it two minutes left sure, in the game. Sure. Yeah. So that was probably a fifteen yarder, fifteen yard pass. Would that have helped? Uh, yeah. So what I, I parlayed uh, five receptions, five plus receptions with fifty plus yards, um, and he finished with three for. 18. Yeah. So. And then he got the two, did that two point. That counter? doesn't count okay. for anything. I mean, that counts in fantasy for you. So, that would have tacked oh, okay. on another point or two. What, but. But yes, I got, I got two points. He was uh, rated for 7.7 points. He gets 6.8. Mm. It doesn't matter. I, Classic I'm, tight end. 0 15. 0 15, Eddie, in fantasy football. 
Kev, that's darn near impossible, man. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's, like, I don't think I could have done that if I tried to. Well, again, I had the third highest point total last week and lost. Mm, that's Earlier tough. this See, week, that's you tough. said it was the second highest point total. Well, someone, I guess, had a couple extra. I lost Story's it He's changing, one dude. Always Never, changing. Don't even Always start. Changing. He's flustered with the fantasy. I am flustered. I've had it. <laughs> I went off on the commissioner even <laughs> a little last week. I couldn't take it in, anymore either. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll have some open time. And then, uh, as mentioned, Shereen Williams from uh, Pro Football Talk. And Eddie said he's got about a list of 15 questions for, for her. Uh, Mark Spector on the mark uh, at 8 o'clock for Booster Juice. Uh, our St. Albert Dodge game of the day, we will uh, chat with Kevin Radomski. And it's all about the Oil Kings and tomorrow, and it's Star Wars night. And whenever I look at Eddie, I don't, I don't see... I don't see uh, Mark Harmon. No, <laughs> that was a joke yesterday. I don't see Mark Hamill. I don't see the Luke Skywalker. I'm I'm seeing Chewbacca. I mean, I'm okay, seeing Chewbacca. Okay, you got you. I'm seeing Chewie here. You know, uh, better than uh, Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> As we mentioned, uh, Big Air uh, is on the go this weekend. Uh, Valentino Giselli and Brendan Matthews will uh, join with us at uh, about nine twenty, and then Jesse Pierce uh, from NHL.com and Par. Bar Down Beauties uh, podcast. Bar Down Beauties podcast at 1020. Uh, That's all coming up. So more with Eddie Steele coming up right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Uh, Welcome back to the Kevin Carey Show with co-host Eddie Steele. Brought to you by Bon Ton Bakery. Did you know Bon Ton Bakery's long fermentation sourdough breads are not only delicious, but they are also good for digestion and are a diabetes-friendly alternative. You can check out their full lineup of bread in-store or order online at bonton.ca. We had the monkey bread last week. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Yeah. Also, yes. I don't know if you've had or if you're a fan of, but they have this... Um, Smoked salmon and caper uh, cream cheese spread. Ooh, for the bagels? Yes. Or? Yeah, bagels. Okay. You could probably put that on yeah, sour. Yeah, anything, yeah. anything yeah. toast, anything. It, it's tasty. Mm. Remember last week? I remember I had the monkey bread right off the hop. The uh, the uh, bacon cheese monkey bread, and my mouth was a little. I, I, I was having trouble talking. First five five minutes, I was like, you know, like you little, you got to tell the listeners, yeah. Kev, what you told me uh, about the lovely woman who sent you off with the Nina. package, Nina. Yes, yeah. tell the listeners. Well, she said, and this is a little special cheese bread for you for your drive to work. Just a fresh yeah. piece of bread for you leaving <laughs> the bakery. Comes in with like bagfuls, and she says, and this one's for the drive. Special for oh, your drive. Oh, so sweet. It's a four minute drive. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. Uh, Big news out of the CFL, I guess. And again, we're going to have Scott Milanovic on Monday on the show, I think 10-20. So Scott Milanovic is hired in Hamilton. Is this kind of a... And then some other moves as well. A natural progression, as you would see, for the Tiger Cats? It is. A little bit disappointing that Ed Hervey remains locked up with them. I mean, it's awesome that he has a job, but, you know, it would have been really neat to see him migrate back to these parts eventually. But, yeah, that was the natural um, movement, I think, within that organization. I I was a little bit surprised uh, to see Coach Steinhauer just go right to the president. Uh, I don't think he should be wearing many hats like he was. It's kind of – it was a similar situation like out here with Chris Jones. He had his hand involved in um, the GM, the defense, and he was the head coach. 
And it just, you're stretched too thin. But I thought that he might remain on the sidelines as the head man and Scott Milanovic would have ran the O. I was a little bit surprised he just jumped right off, right up to the president and uh, he's done with coaching, essentially. So I guess upper management, you would call where Orlando Steinhauer is going. And then Ed Hervey goes into the GM, GM. chair. So, and then Milanovic, I guess it, it is just a kind of a natural migration for for a coach to do and be where he's been over the years to take this job. And of course, he was here in Edmonton for like five minutes. You took the words out of my mouth. It's going to be interesting to see how Milanovic does as a head coach because he's had success in the past. But it, this was kind of going to be like what Edmonton could have had. So it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Who knows what could have happened, what may have happened. I know this is all, you know, it's COVID, it's everything. So when he signed here, everyone thought it was a great signing. Everyone expected him to do well here. Never had the opportunity. Rolled out of town with some dough. Mm. <laughs> <I> like, <laughs> some big know, pockets. Some big pockets, yeah. some jingle in the jeans, yeah, right. if you will. And then right into an NFL job. Right to the NFL. So how do you think that'll be... I mean, we're going to have to ask the question, uh, you know, on Monday. How do you think that's even going to be received even when he comes back here? Or, you know, is it is it a hot topic of conversation? My whole thing, and I look at it this way too, uh, it's similar to Chris Jones winning the Great Cup and then just bolting with his entire staff. In 2015. Yeah, you, you never can fault a guy who is trying to advance their career, who's getting promoted, uh, who's going to level up in their career. And that's what Scott Milanovic did. I mm-hmm. mean, there was no season, so what's he going to do? He's going to sit on his hands. So took the money, and then he went and t- got an NFL job. It's not uh, a snake move. He didn't no. do anything, like, outrageous or anything. He did what was best for him and his family. And if the organization was going to pay him that money, and then there was no season, I mean... He needed to find work, so I don't think it was that bad of a move. Are there clauses in contracts? If you sign a contract when you sign them, were there any other were there clauses where it said if something happens, da 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 da, you don't get paid? Nothing no, like that. Because no. what I, I guess what I'm getting at, Eddie, is you you hear all the contracts in the CFL bonus to be paid on February 22nd. Yep. Yep. Well, ooh, on February 21st, there the player gets get released. Yep. So I guess what I'm thinking or trying to relay the question to you is the verbiage in the contract. No, and we're talking like not big pennies here in the CFL. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking a contract of maybe a CFL or a quarterback five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars. And the Which is language, big money. it's big money. It, it's big money. Uh-huh. But when we're talking NFL, like yeah. where it's NHL contracts, it's yeah. there's a lot more detail in those contracts. A CFL standard contract is, you know, four pages. It's pretty easy to read through. They're all the same. Mm-hmm. They really are. Um, and the way you get your money is virtually the same in the NHL. And when you're get, talking millions, there's other ways to get your money um, through different avenues through the organization. I know that for fact. So, no, the only way, uh, keeping it real, Kevin, the best way to get paid in the CFL is a signing bonus, upfront mm-hmm. money, because contracts, teams will snake you and they'll cut you right before an off-season bonus. Every off-season we have it happen, it's happened to me. 
You got to get that signing bonus up front. So for the listeners, we'll use a round figure, $100,000 uh, minimum in the CFL. Now base, sorry, is 75. Okay. So, okay, take 75 in base. A team will try and get you to take the other 25, maybe in playing incentives, things of that. You say, no, I want that other 25 as a signing bonus. So that mm-hmm. way you have a little bit of security. So you're not going to cut me at training camp because you invested a little bit of money into me. And boom, I have some money in my pockets as well because who's getting who you could cut me at training camp and I have nothing to show for it so it, it's a little bit of security on both ends and uh, upfront signing bonus is the only true way to see your money in the CFL so how and it's an unfair question to you because you probably don't know the intricacies of the Milanovic contract here so would he have had to contract with a signing bonus up front most likely. And then... But coaches' contracts are guaranteed. Oh, okay. And that's the difference. Coaches can get fired and their contract's guaranteed. And that's the one thing where football is different compared to NBA, hockey, um, MLB, mm-hmm. is your contracts aren't guaranteed. So you sign a three-year, $20 million contract, you could get cut after year one. But out of that $20 million, if you do 12 in a signing bonus, well, at least you got that 12. And that's why that upfront signing bonus is so crucial mm-hmm. because that's the only guarantee you have as a football player. What would be... And then, of course, this is all... I mean, in the last... When did the organizational cap come in? I mean, that's we're talking five years ago. <laughs> yeah, about like five five years. 2016. Okay. Yeah, the, the Riders, that would have been... Uh, so the Riders were the, the team that bitched and complained about No, the, no, what? it was teams about doing the that. Riders. Yeah, yeah, but that the, but, was the infamous. They had like two practice squads and Chris Jones was hiding guys and yeah. Okay, but what about even just the organizational cap for coaches and things like that? You know what I mean? Because that was that's been negated. Well, a lot. That, no, that came in. That was all at that, that came point? in at that point because okay. there was a lot. If you would look at the riders coaching staff on the sideline, it looked like a college sideline because there was so many random coaches there. <laughs> and uh, you just had to reel that in because they were all collecting a check. It, and unfortunately, it, it has not been beneficial for the league. It's taken the league backwards. Uh, reports saying that the Alouettes are extending linebacker Darnell Sankey. So they just did Lemon yesterday. Fajardo mm-hmm, a couple days ago. So I mean that's good work by Danny Machocha to keep the team intact. Yeah, good core players, leaders. Are you are you on board with your buddy Cody Fajardo or not? N- no, <laughs> no. I'll, I'll be honest, man. Everybody can play their best game. Let's see it yeah, again. Yeah. Let's see it again. But he won a great cup. He won a great cup. Doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't just elevate him to a top three quarterback in the CFL. I, I agree with that. And I, I was glad that he had a good Me game. Me too. I was And glad. I mean, the story's great. The fact that basically the province of Saskatchewan ran him out of there, and then he comes back and has a really good run. I mean, he was at his best for not just one game. You know, he he peaked. As Played the, good ball. At the end of the season and then into the playoffs. And everybody, we've all had our haters, and it feels good to shut your haters up. Mm-hmm. And he got to do it on the biggest stage, and that's pretty cool. Did you, when you were watching that, you were going, good for you. I, I don't necessarily think that you're, again, not you're not a top, probably not a top five in your mind, but you did well. I, uh, and my wife, she can... Totally attest to this. I was jumping for joy when they were getting some of those big plays down the stretch. Good. Not so much for Cody, though, Kev, but more so that Winnipeg was losing. <laughs> <laughs> Hometown hater. Yeah. And, you know, the uh, the, uh, the Bombers are going to be going down, as we talked about it several times. 
two great cups and then two losses in the finals. Very close games, right? Mm, tough. That's tough, man. Just you could be. We could be going into this off season. Very, and it's not a stretch to say that the Blue Bombers could be matching the Edmonton Eskimos uh, from '78 to '81. CFL history, yeah. one of probably the best organization, without a doubt. You know, like yeah. Yeah, wow. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more NFL uh, football. We'll talk lots of Oilers hockey coming up uh, in the 8 o'clock hour and as the show progresses. But we've got uh, one of the best in the business, uh, Shereen Williams from uh, Pro Football Talk. And our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter, that's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show with co-host Eddie Steele on Sports 1440 right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program, 740. That means it's uh, Brian Adams' intro to the 740 break. Always exciting to have your BA. Get you moving and grooving. Your Duke, your Duke, your BA, you got it all. Uh, time now for our uh, headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Rooter. At Mr. Rooter, they only employ the uh, finest organic grain-fed, free-range plumbers. For all your plumbing needs, you go to mrrooter.ca. And we are just in the process of... Uh, Lining up Shereen Williams from uh, Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports, uh, many other outlets. And uh, I think the Duke has just lined her up. It's exciting to go Here just on go. the fly like this. Uh, as we uh, welcome in uh, Shereen Williams uh, back to Sports 1440. Uh, Shereen, you're with Kevin Carries and uh, former CFLer and uh, Green and Golder, Great Cup champion, Eddie Steele. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Good morning. Always great to be on with you guys. You know, Shireen, uh, when you were on the last time, it was, I remember it because it was Halloween and we talked yeah. many things football and Eddie Steele, my Friday co-host, uh, texted me right after and said, holy smokes, does Shireen know, ever know a lot about football? Like he was like, <laughs> so he, you got a fan right here in Eddie Steele. You sure do. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, Grant was on there that day and, and I appreciate it, Eddie. That means a lot coming from you. Uh, this is awesome. So I'm going to get right into this, Shireen. Uh, just yeah. uh, keeping it down in Texas with the Dallas Cowboys. Are they for real? Yeah. Dak Prescott, they're already talking about a new contract uh, extension as well. He's putting up great numbers. Is this all the real deal, or are the Cowboys going to fizzle like they always do? <laughs> well, i tell you what, they're pretty excited down here for Sunday night. I'm excited for Sunday night. I want to see a good game and between two good teams and this might decide the NFC East. Now, I say might because even if the Cowboys win, you look at those schedules, the Cowboys still have a very difficult schedule, uh, and the Eagles do not have as difficult of a schedule. So I still would probably give the Eagles the edge for the NFC East title. Um, The Cowboys are probably going to have to win out if they want to do that, which means beating the Bills in Buffalo, Miami in Miami, um, Detroit here. Um, so they still got to do a lot of things. They haven't beaten the team with the winning record. Uh, they you know, when they played Seattle, obviously last week Seattle was six and five. Seattle's now six and six uh, in a really good game uh, on Thursday night a week ago. So they have to prove that they can beat really good teams and the best teams in the NFC because you know they went into San Francisco and stunk it up against the 49ers, lost by 32 points, and then. They played a good game against the Eagles in Philadelphia and still weren't able to pull that out. So the jury's still out on this team, I think, Eddie. You know, they, they to, to me, still have to prove that 
they can beat the best teams in the NFC. And I think Sunday will go a long way in, in telling us if they're ready to do that. Shereen Williams, our guest on Sports 1440. Uh you know what, Shereen? I'm sure you're like every other football pundit. Uh, last Sunday, you had the Pittsburgh Steelers at seven and four, and five days later, you had them at seven and six yeah. after losses to Arizona, and then last night to New England. Man, what's going on there? Well, I had that game last night, and, yeah. and uh, was stunned with the, just the way they played. Even with Trubisky as their quarterback, and this guy who was their starting quarterback to start last season, so they obviously have faith in him as a starting quarterback, and it's stunning because of Pittsburgh's success. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to test my memory here, but I want to say it was 2005 is the last time this team had a losing record. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a really long time. They've never done it under under Mike Tomlin. They've, they've had a winning record every single year. So, you know, that to me is stunning with, with where they are at this point, having those two should-be winnable games back-to-back within a four-day span, and you lose both of them to, to two-win teams, two-and-ten teams when you play them. So, yeah, I think it was a little bit stunning, and, and you wonder exactly where Pittsburgh is. The biggest thing to me was the defense in the first half, giving up three touchdown passes to Bailey Zappi, who hadn't had any this year and had five in his career. That's to me, was the most stunning thing that that defense couldn't keep them from out of the end zone in the first half. They did a much better job in the second half, but by that time, I mean, you'd already given up too many points and couldn't score enough to catch up. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20 years ago uh, was the last time, 6 and 10, 03. Okay, there you go. I was, I was a couple years. Going I mean, between oh three wh- and oh five, I knew it was one of those. Like, that yeah, was I, close. Way better than I would have had, Shereen. <laughs> <laughs> Shereen, sticking with that last night and uh, the Patriots, Bill Belichick, there's a lot of noise uh, around that organization with if he's going to stay, if he's going to go. What's your thoughts on that situation? I'm going to be real surprised if he stays. I I think that both sides are ready to move on. I think he'll end up somewhere else next season. And where that someone somewhere else is, I don't know. I I think a lot will depend on exactly how much money he wants. I don't know if anybody's going to be willing to pay him what Robert Kraft paid him, and we don't know exactly, but I would presume that he's the highest-paid coach in the NFL, probably somewhere upwards close to, if not over, $20 million a year, maybe. Um, I don't know, somewhere around there anyway. And, and you know, with, with what he's done since Tom Brady left, just no one's going to be able to pay that money. So is he going to go for the most money? You know, who's going to be willing to give up the draft picks? You look at a team like the Chargers that, you know, they have the quarterback in place, you think, and they have some of the parts in place where he could go and step in and win immediately, which I think probably is what he's looking for more than anything else. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. I do think he is somewhere else next season, but where that is, is you know, remains to be seen. Shereen Williams, uh, Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports, uh, on Sports 1440. Uh, Kevin Carius, Eddie Steele with you on a Friday morning, 746 in Edmonton. Uh, Shereen, are we finally going to see Justin Jefferson back uh, in the lineup for Minnesota? Yeah, he'll be back this week. And, you know, he wanted to make sure that that that, that hamstring, you know, those soft tissue injuries can just come back so easily if they're not 100% healed. And he didn't want to do that. And I get that. It's a contract year for him. You don't want to be limping around through, you know, all year and, and not playing that well. And then, you know, you, 
you're trying to get yeah. this big contract from the Vikings. So I, I get it. Uh, more players probably need to fully heal those soft tissue injuries before coming back, but um, he'll be back. His goal now is 1,000 yards. He's over 500 already. He's got a good chance to do that, uh, even with Joshua Dobbs as his quarterback, because Dobbs is going to give us the chances. That's what you got to do. Yeah, I guess that was a, going back to the Pittsburgh game, a disappointment last night from the Pittsburgh standpoint is not George Pickett, you know, I mean, uh, George Pickens, not getting enough opportunities. When you have a receiver like that, you want to give him more chances, more 50-50 balls because he makes so many plays for you. And, and I just didn't feel like they did that. You know, now, everyone did a really good job on him. They do have a good defense. But nonetheless, you know, you've got to give him more chances than what Pittsburgh gave him last night. And that's what I think the Vikings will do. I think they'll set up some things for Justin Jefferson to get heavily involved the rest of the way. And, and I think we're going to see him have – some big games here the rest of the way, and, and this is a team that can make the postseason, and he could do, do some good things in the postseason. He's not a player, certainly, you want to play in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shireen, have we ever seen a player come in and win Rookie of the Year and MVP? Boy, you know, I think back to – I was here, I was a Cowboys beat writer when Dak Prescott came in, and you know, through four interceptions, and Cowboys had the best record in the NFC. And, but it was a lot of, well, is it Dak or is it Ezekiel Elliott? And, you know, but he was a, certainly a candidate for it then. And, and the voting was different then. I'll explain that in a second. We haven't, and I've seen every one of C.J. Stroud's games, and I grew up in the Houston area. I know they're really excited down there. I just came back from there yesterday. I know they're really excited down there. Uh, for what he's doing, and, and for good reason. I mean, he's already, in my mind, a top-ten quarterback in this league, maybe a top-five quarterback. It, he's just been outstanding. And I do think um, there's a good chance he's going to end up on my ballot. I have a ballot. And the way the ballot's changed, um, it changed last year. We used to just vote for one player. You vote for one player, that's who it is. Whoever gets the most votes out of 50 votes, that's it. seen a couple ties. In history, Brett Favre and Barry Sanders tied one year, and Peyton Manning tied with somebody one year. But um, now the way it is, you know, first place get you have five people on your ballot. First place gets ten points. Second place gets five. I think it's three, two, one. The rest of the way is the is the way it goes. He's going to get some votes on that top five because he's been that good for the Houston Texans and and where they've come to, come from. 2019 was the last time that, that uh, they've won this many games, and they may win more games. Um, and, and I think they're a playoff team. they got some really winnable games coming up, and, and unlike Pittsburgh, I think they're going to win those those winnable games because I think D'Amico Ryan is, is coaching that well. I do think uh, D'Amico's probably going to win Coach of the Year. There's obviously a couple yeah. candidates. Sean Payton's done a great job. Dan Campbell's obviously done a great job. Uh, uh, I think Stefanski has done a terrific job with all the quarterbacks they've had to play in Cleveland. They may or may not make the postseason. We'll see how that plays out. I think John Harpel's done a, a great job. Mike McDaniel. There's a lot of candidates, mm-hmm. but I just think when you look at where the Texans – it was a year ago. We were talking about the Texans as one of the worst organizations <laughs> in sports, perhaps sports history, with where they were. Changing coaches every single year and – doing what they were doing, the losing organization, and, and they've just been terrific. And, and D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud have been a big, big part of that. So you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. He's got a chance to win that 
award. I think if they win their division, he's got a better chance to win it, but I do think he's going to end up on a lot of ballots. Well, Ryan's gets my vote for coach of the year uh, as well. But uh, Shereen Williams, uh, not that I get a vote. <laughs> Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk NBC uh, Sports, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, Shereen, are they at the top of your power rankings? Uh, or is there someone closer to them than many, maybe some people think? What do you think? No. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think they're far and away the best team in the NFL now, having said that. And I said this after the Cowboys game. I I said they're the best team right now in football after the Cowboys game. But I said a lot of things happen. Injuries happen. Teams change. And what happened after that? Trent Williams got hurt. uh, Debo Samuel got hurt. Christian McCaffrey was banged up. And they had all these injuries to their key players. And they lost three in a row, and that was the reason they lost three in a row. And then they rebounded and got other people healthy, and they're back, and and we're seeing exactly the type of team that they are. If they stay healthy, I don't think there's anybody can beat them. I don't think there's anybody that's even close to them. But the question is, are they going to stay healthy all the way through? And then becomes the question of, uh, you know, how much do you – and I I don't know that they're going to have it all – sewed up the number one seed, but if they do, how much do you rest your players? We've seen that where we saw it in baseball particularly where, you know, teams rest those players and they had those long breaks and they come back and they don't look the same. So how much do you rest your players? And I'm one who I play it out. I play all eighteen weeks and, you know, if guys get injured that you know, it, it happens and, and it's unfortunate, but I just think you've got to play and, and be in that play mode um, and you can't take that much time off. And then you have that week where you have that break. If you're the number one seed, you get the week off. So um, it, it's, you know, it, it's a thing where you got to decide as a coach how much time you want to give them off if you're that number one seed. But, again, I don't know that that's going to happen the way it is right now. Mm-hmm. It's tight, and they may have to play all the way through, which might be really good for them. But, yeah, I, I don't think there's anybody even close to them right now. I don't think there's going to be a game – even the postseason, it's going to be close if they play at home. Shireen, uh, other than C.J. Stroud, who we talked about earlier, what would be some surprises for you thus far throughout the season? For me, one of them certainly would be the play of the Buffalo Bills. How about you? What are some surprises across the league? I think you probably nailed the two biggest ones. Those are the obvious ones that the Bills are playing as poorly as they're playing right now, and if I think they're probably not going to make the playoffs. And then, you know, Houston um, is playing as well as they are. I mean, nobody saw that coming. I thought they'd be better than they have been over the last three years, but I didn't think they would be this good this quickly. And, of course, C.J. Stroud, as we talked about, the big, big reason for that. I guess that's probably the two biggest – Biggest things I've seen, you know, all the quarterback injuries. I don't know if they're a surprise, but they're certainly a disappointment um, that all these teams have lost their quarterbacks that would have had a chance to maybe do something special, and and now they probably don't because some of them are down to their second or third. You know, a lot are down to their second, but third or fourth quarterbacks they've started this year. So I think that part of the NFL is unfortunate. As many quarterback injuries, it seems like to me that it's it's more than we than we've seen in recent years. Um, but, yeah, I guess that to me is the, probably the top surprises. Yeah. Um, and nothing else really comes to mind right away. I mean, we all thought the NFC South was going to be bad. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, 
Yeah, the Panthers I thought were going to be bad, and they are, and they've already changed coaches. I guess that's a little bit of surprise that Wright didn't get a yeah. full season at least, um, maybe more than a full season to try to get something done in Carolina because yeah. you look at that roster, it was not very good with the rookie quarterback. But I think some of that is they judge it against what Houston, David Tepper, the owner, looks at what Houston's doing with a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach and says, why aren't we doing that? And, you know, I get that. Mm-hmm. And and so that even makes Houston more of a surprise when you compare them to what Carolina's doing. Hey, Shereen, when we had you on on uh, Halloween Day, that was just a couple of days before the Texas Rangers won the World Series, and we talked about you throwing out the first pitch in Texas five yeah. years ago. So, man. Yeah, it was a- it was exciting. I'm an Astros fan, so yeah. I still have a goal to, I know. to throw out a first pitch in an Astros game where I grew up. But, yeah, uh, yeah it was, it was, it's been exciting here, and I think people are fired up with what the Mavericks are doing, what the Stars are doing, and with, obviously, what the Cowboys are mm-hmm. doing. So it's been a good sports year, and I think it's been a good sports year in Houston, too, with mm-hmm. the Astros and Rockets are playing better than people thought. So it's been really a really good sports year in Texas. I'm an Aggie, so I'm I'm A and M, and I'm not thrilled with Texas being in the Final Four. But to include them <laughs> now in the the University of Texas being in the Final Four, it's been a really good sports year for for the state of Texas. Yeah, you, you know, well, I'll tell you what, Shereen, uh, former Astro, and I think you would remember him. Terry Poole is a friend of mine. Yeah. So I'll put in yeah. a good word for you, and maybe you can get uh, to throw out the first pitch at <laughs> an Astros game. Love it. I love it. <laughs> Thanks very much for spending some time with us on a Friday morning. Enjoy the game uh, on Sunday. It's going to be a good one. Well, thank you, guys. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. That's Shereen Williams. Williams. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Shereen Williams, Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports, and our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For All. Your plumbing needs, you can go to mrreuter.ca. At the top of the hour, we will check in with... Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football at First Round. Monday, Thursday, Sundays. And you could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.